Senior Research Fellow at UK in a Changing Europe. Uh, as you, If you've been listening to Eddie's show over the course of the last few weeks, she's been here to look at the detail of the Liberal Democrat manifesto, the Labour manifesto to, to tonight. Uh, given they launched on a Sunday, uh, Jill is here to go over the Conservative manifesto. Welcome back to the studio, Jill. Thanks for it, Tom. Is it an easier task for you this time because it's only 60-odd pages? I was about to start with that, but compared to the others, actually, not only did they launch it yesterday, so that gave more time, it is much shorter and actually... There are some very big photographs and a lot of photographs. There are uh, eight, <laughs> the pho are eight photographs right. of Boris uh, and actually 16 photographs of wannabe Tory candidates. And it's quite interesting. I think the image of the party is trying to convey there because eight of those 16 photographs are people who work in the public sector. So I think there's a bit of a message that we are not just the party of lawyers and former special advisors and sort of things, you know, big businesses or whatever. Haven't done a school watch to see whether any of them went to Eton or not. Okay. But, uh, but anyway, it's quite interesting. It's clearly sort of putting over a thing that we are a sort of party mm. of every man and every woman. So five of them are of women. So I think that's quite an interesting piece of positioning. And actually the whole thing does feel, it's sort of, you know, um, this sounds a bit odd, but it does feel quite sort of lighter and, uh, and if you like, sort of a bit more sort of optimistic maybe um, than other manifestos. But, I mean, obviously its starting point is getting Brexit done. It doesn't take huge amounts of uh, space in the manifesto, but getting Brexit done, being out of the EU by the end of January as a sort of guarantee, and then a new relationship for, by the end of the year. And uh, remember that all those sort of arguments with the Brexit Party mm. and why could uh, Brexit Party candidates safely stand down in Conservative seats. It repeats that uh, commitment to no political alignment with the EU and that there will be no extension of the transition. So that's the sort of big Brexit news there in the we'll, uh, manifesto, uh, as expected. We'll put some of that to the Brexit Party spokesperson, Ben Habib, who's going to join us for election call after six. I, I thought in the, in the Prime Minister's launching of it, there was an interesting turn of phrase he used. He called this a, quote, partial blueprint. That's just buying agility, isn't it? That's buying the space to be able to junk some of it, change some of it, come up with new stuff if, that if is, he gets into government. That is interesting. I mean, it isn't sort of, you know, riven with commitments like other <laughs> no. manifestos. I mean, and it goes back, and in a sense, it sort of almost reminds you a bit of the sort of Tony Blair 1997 manifesto. Remember all those mugs with pledges? Because we get up front some of the sort of big tick items alongside getting Brexit done, you know, the more money for the NHS, the police, more money for education, some of the things that we've been hearing from. I remember one of the Conservative strategist views is that you really want to you know, just have a few messages mm. that can really cut through. Because one of those of us that read these things a lot uh, sort of think, oh my God, we've heard that so many times. For other people, it's, you know, actually, you're not paying that much attention. It probably takes quite a few goes to get the message through. So I think there's quite a bit of that in this. Um, the, but there's some other things where you could say that remembering the sort of Theresa May experience, there are some protections in there. They're not against, selling tickets for that Against anymore. the Theresa May experience. So, uh, very cautious on social care. Well, um, nothing. I mean, just some prince guiding principles of you won't have to sell your home and a bit of extra cash and we'll look a at working with A bit of extra cash and we'll try and do a cross-party consensus. Remember nothing that there, I think really. the Conservatives torpedoed that uh, back in 2009-10 when Andy Burnham was trying to get a cross-party consensus on social care and, and they suddenly christened something the mm -hmm. death tax. So, I think... Very very cautious on social care. No big, bold blueprint that suddenly unveiled to do that. And on nursing numbers? Nursing numbers, we've got the sort of argument you were talking about earlier, the sort of, you know, is it 50,000, is it 30,000, yeah. is it quite how many? But more nurses. I mean, so they put a bit more detail on their NHS plan. But I think the 
other things that are sort of quite interesting in this is, remember, Theresa May not only promised something that I don't think she managed to communicate very effectively on social care, but she also was getting herself into, was trying to buy herself room for manoeuvre. And what's very noticeable in this is that I think the Conservatives are very keen to see off potential attacks. So it's very notable that it promises that no vi- rise in VAT rates, income tax or national insurance rates. That's the thing that got Philip Hammond into trouble when he tried to do that mm. in a budget. And maintaining that, you know, yeah, was, I think the Institute of Fiscal Studies always warns very expensive triple lock on pensions. So this yeah. is really, you know, seeing off potential areas of attack that a future Conservative government may not be trusted with your pension or whatever. Interestingly, on free TV licences, all it says is that it believes that the BBC should continue to fund them. It doesn't mm. offer the BBC any money well, for that. And it's fair to say too that the IFS, the Institute for Fiscal Studies, has said that there was that it was lacking any substantial policy action. And for people who love a bit of substantial <laughs> policy action, that was a bit disappointing. It, Unfair question for you. Yeah. I wonder if you can remember the last time a manifesto was launched on a Sunday, because it strikes me as another sign of a strategic burial of their own manifesto. To be honest, I can't remember any time, but I can't swear. <laughs> she said, "If I'm going to be fact checked." On that, I can't swear it, that, I told uh, you it was unfair. that uh, I do it, but I think it's very unusual to do mm. that and all those sort of uh, people being bussed up to, uh, to Telford to go and watch the manifesto. Maybe they would have thought that they should have done anything, you know, had different things to do. But I think it's very interesting to try and sort of position it there. 